Hello and welcome to episode number 101 of the Apple Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. This episode is brought to you by audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash apologue and go get your free audiobook download and your one month free subscription. 180,000 titles of books, podcasts, comedy, anything you want. It's sort of, I didn't realize, but Audible's been around for a very long time. And if you want to go try it out, go to audibletrial.com slash apologue. Go get yourself a free audiobook. This episode is also brought to you in part by Amazon. Go to apologue.ca and click on the banners located on the right side. You can locate your country. There's little buttons there that says Canada, US, or the UK. If you're shopping, you bookmark the linked banners. And every time you shop on Amazon, use those links to shop and support the show. Costs you no extra money and you'd be doing a great thing. If you like what's going on here at Apologue Podcast... Why don't you head on over to patreon.com slash apologue. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash apologue. That's A-P-O-L-O-G-U-E. You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. You can cancel any time. I have four patrons. They are awesome people. They have been around for well over a year, especially you, Michael Pitts. Thank you so much. Curtis Pippen, you too. Missing you. How about Mark Peralta? Yeah. And the fourth mystery guest. It's a mystery. If you... Here's another thing. Are you a band? Do you play live shows? You need download codes. Go to insightrecorders.com and check out. Check it out. You can. Uh, you need download codes to basically to sell virtual copies of your album over the merchandise table. Insight will help you set up a customized page with branding for your customers to both download and purchase your music. Insight Recorders also deals in online mixing. If you are a band and you've recorded a record and you need it to be mixed and mastered and you need to be ready for CDs, check it out. Go to Insight Recorders and check out the rates and more details. Uh, Apologue.ca slash shop is a place to pre-order the new acoustic album. It might come out. Pre-order. If you pre-order, it'll come out. You can buy you can buy a t-shirt. You can buy the Foursquare discography for 20 bucks. That's 70-odd songs. Like the show on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Pod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. And thank you so much for listening to that ramblings. I kept it in three minutes. That's a, that's a bit of a record. Today on my show is Rustin Baldwin. Rustin and I go back, I'm going to say 20 odd years, 21 years. Um, We met in 1995 when Rustin played in the band Trigger Happy, a band that I used to play in a couple of years before then. Rustin is a drummer. He's also been in bands like Chronic Submission, uh, St. Natras, Canadian Toronto punk rock bands that have some sort of substance in the punk rock community. Rustin, his whole life has been dealing with addiction. He has overcome it. He is now a social worker uh, working with people that need help. And he is that type of person. He's always been a really kind of like outgoing person, someone you could talk to. Everybody, check this conversation out with my friend Rustin Baldwin on the Apologue Podcast.
Yeah, you can do your mobile interviews. And just this is the um, this is the most fun I've had, like talking to people. Yeah. Than I've had probably ever playing in bands. I bet it's awesome, dude. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It's yeah. Fucking wicked. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's great that you found this. Is yours actually? Thanks, you, you get the George Brown one. Yeah, it's it's awesome to find something that you love to do. Oh yeah. Honestly, it's like fucking. Put it up it's here. A, bro. It's a gift. Yeah. It's a total gift. I um. I'm trying to remember the last time I actually saw you in person. I think it was at the amphitheater. Yeah, it was at the amphitheater. I think it was a Tina Turner show. I was uh, a loader, and I had these crazy six bean medley farts, and I was I was cracking them on the dock, and you were gagging, and you were like physically gagging over the end of the dock. And Dan, our uh, chief, uh, crew chief, came up. He's Simon, are you okay? Like, do you need to go home? And you're like, he's you're like, no, I don't need to go home. This fucking asshole keeps farting, and it's so strong, it's making me gag. It's I just have this gag reflex, and Dan's like laughing his ass off then later that night i had i went back home i ate more six bean medley with the juice right mm. the marinated juice yeah, yeah. then i came back is this being recorded oh yeah okay perfect <laughs> okay so then i came back and i had deadlier farts and uh the americans that were running the tina turner show they shut it down they said we're stopping until this fucking asshole stops farting because all my guys are like freaking out they don't want to work in this mist right like they just they thought it was the lake they didn't know but they thought it was a lake at first but they saw me laughing so they put the laughter to my asshole and they they, they mixed it they up they connected the dots they connected, the brown dots that's right they connected the brown dots and so dan comes up to me and he says dude like you got to stop farting or I'm going to fire you because yeah. like, look at like no one's working. Do you notice that? Like Dan the whole, the whole thing shut down. We got to get out of here. Dan Durbridge. So I was like, okay, buddy, I'll stop farting. You like, tried? I did. Yeah. I, I just hold it in. Right? Yeah, yeah. Cause I was using it as a weapon, right? It's like <laughs> all my coworkers, I didn't like them. So I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to fart on you. Rockstar. I'm going to fart on you too. Fuck all you people. We had so many weird times down there. Like there was so many times down there for shows where we we're, you're loading and I'm sort of helping with the ins and then the outs and sometimes show calls. It's just insanity down there. I remember boys to men where I'm like physically taking the thorns off of the roses that they would throw into the audience. Oh, so buddy. they didn't get roses on or like thorns because, uh, what's the song? Um, I will not yeah, yeah. like you want me to. And they're just throwing these fucking like roses out to people. Men, men into boys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but um, yeah, like I worked down there for, uh, I don't know, 10 fucking 12 years or something. And I saw a lot of shit that I, I was just like, okay, so there's a Michael Flatley story, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and we had to show him the the amphitheater. He wanted to do a walk around to see if he wanted to do a show there. And we had to roll out a red carpet for this fucking asshole. Yeah. Gets out of his, his limo and he's walking around like a goof. He gets back in. And then I, later on, the the women that work for this guy have to sign a contract that say he can touch them anytime yeah. he wants. All the dancers. All the dancers. So yeah. He's that was one of the first shows I worked at. No, no gays were hired, no blacks. Yeah. And he's allowed to sexually assault the women. They mm. they sign the contract and say, yes, I'll take the extra cash for that. For the yeah. extra grab. Yeah. And then, he's a pervert. Well, right. allegedly. Right. But then this girl <laughs> that was working in the dressing room that I knew down there, I'm not going to mention her name, but she was in there and she's like, she told me about it. Mm -hmm. She's like changing the dancers and he's coming in and fingering them and touching their tits in front of her. She's really? like, what the fuck? Really? What's going on? And they're like, oh, we signed this contract yeah. to do this shit. Like, I don't like it, but I need the money. I want to work. I remember they did tryouts where they had to try out the, uh, the, the way they're taking it. They're splitting it off to theaters 
And they were all like in the afternoon, and because all the music and tap was all canned, it's all played back. Some of the oh, dudes were fuck. tripping, and you'd hear like, clack, 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 clack. it's still going. <laughs> oh, that's fucking stupid, <laughs> yeah. eh? And then there's Elton John, right? Yeah. And this guy, he comes with uh, an 18-wheeler. It's packed from the back to the front of the trailer, and it's his living room from England, yeah. right? So they take the, all the walls upstairs, and they build this whole living room inside the dressing room. Mm. Full walls, pictures of Coronation Street, his mother. Then there's a fireplace, his slippers, a, an old regal royal chair. And then they rent a fucking Cheshire dog in every city they go to to sit in the room and, wait, and wait for Elton to come. And some days he doesn't come. Mm. Some weeks he doesn't come. It just doesn't happen. It just has to be there yeah. in, ca- in case he feels like going home. Fleetwood Mac used to be like that. Fleetwood Mac used to travel around and they'd have like their hotels um, um, decorated. Like Stevie Nicks would have them painted white. And have a baby grand piano loaded into the room, and and sometimes they'd be on like the twentieth floor, and they have to hire like a crane, take the window out. And See this kind of shit, bro. It's just ridiculous. See, like, so I was been, I was in that business for a long time, and I got really tired of that shit, mm-hmm. the impermanence of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're gonna fucking kill ourselves for fifteen hours to set this shit up. Some asshole is gonna walk out of a car, go on stage, play for an hour, mm-hmm. and then we take it all down for four hours. Yeah. There's just I was like it's not very punk rock. I was just sick of it. I was just tired of it. I'm like, yeah. and all these assholes. So basically, I was enabling, yeah, people to be bigger assholes than they already are. So it's like I'm stepping them up into the like, okay, now put on the bigger asshole. It. Yeah, I'm just like, so fuck that. So I, I went to back to school and I went to social service work. Mm-hmm. That's what I do now. I help people. I can't because obviously there's a history with you and addiction. Oh and yeah, with all like everything, like buddy, it's crazy. But I, I have to tell you and give you kudos because all the times when I knew you and I knew you were going through like a, some sort of addiction, whether it be for drugs or for whatever, yeah. we'll talk about it. But yeah, yeah. that you always looked a person in the eye and you always gave them some sort of recognition, whether or not you know you gave them respect, right? And that that's a that's a trait that it's hard to find in people. That's right, and that's that's instilled from my father. He was like that. He, mm-hmm. he and he gives me uh, punctuality. Like he's he's gone now, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, he taught me how to be punctual, which was it works huge, right? Mm-hmm, like I've mm-hmm. got a few jobs now because of that. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. always on time. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, hire that guy because he's reliable. Yeah. Right? Sorry for being late, by the way. Reliability. <laughs> oh, that's okay. But you showed up. I showed up. Yeah. See that that's the biggest thing. Right? Yeah. I was fifteen. I gave you fifteen, but, but, but I was fifteen. What also you did is you called. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. So when you call me and tell me you're going to be late, then you're not really going to be late to me because uh, you're, you're letting me know. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's I when I don't know. And I'm just like, you're here at 11. I'm waiting. It's 1120. I'm like, where the fuck's this guy? Yeah. 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 But you call, then I don't care. Yeah. Like, then you, you know can, something's happening. You can be an hour late. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. you're going to call. Yeah. That's fine. These are things that's. Is you, you're, from, you're from British background, yes. right? <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, the colonizers, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. Though. Yeah. Me too. And that's. Just, I think that's a British thing that's sort of instilled. Yeah. You give people that little bit of uh i don't know it's courtesy isn't it, it is it's courtesy but at the same time it's just something that's ingrained in people like some people have that and i work with people who are just like eh, i'll be there when i'm there or i'll call you when i call you like we'll we'll get oh. this you know what i mean like yeah. we'll figure it out like yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean I, i'm working for a couple of people and i'll send them an email they never reply yeah oh that happens and i'm like but like how do i know that you got it if and mm-hmm. how do we know that our plan is yep. gonna if you don't got there used to be a I was thing. Like freaking me out. There used to be a thing in email, and this is when email was in its infancy. That when you read it, you have to send a notification back to the person saying you read it. Like, where's that? See, that we need that more yeah. now than we did in 1995 oh, yeah. Yeah. when I first started fucking around with email. That like, would be great. We need that, right? Because yeah. 
I send out an email um, as a tour manager. I'll send it out, and here's all the oh, things from right, 9 right, in the morning right. till 10 o'clock at night. And then some people will get back to me. And I know it's being read, but it's that little bit in the back of your head going, God, I hope yeah. this work I've put into this gets delivered. Right. Because I'm only doing this to not just make my life easier, but everybody else's life easier. Well, I think I think that's like built-in anxiety. It's like, let's mm-hmm. cause the guy some anxiety by not replying. But I don't think it's, I think it's subconscious. I don't think it's an that's, actual. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like our world's so full of anxiety, but these are sm- the small things that make up the big picture. It's like, if, but if people started to respond better mm-hmm. and talk to each other and communicate mm-hmm. more, there'd be less anxiety. Right. I believe you're right. Because Absolutely. you'd just be like, you'd know what's going on mm-hmm. all the time. Well, information is such a powerful, I mean, just a little bit of information. Like, um, you know, where I work now, sometimes the information gets completely log jammed at one spot. And you're like, you're sitting there waiting for people to show up. And you're like, okay, what's happening? What the fuck? Because I know in the real world where I go to, if they were all sitting on a stage, sitting with their arms crossed going, what's happening? Then... <laughs> oh, yeah. I would feel guilty. Oh yeah, you know, and I have this sort of inner like paranoia of not looking like an idiot. Right. I think we all should have that. Yes. But some people have this sort of this buffer, you know, like we were talking about, like this this sort of like, eh, you know, I've been screwed over all these years. Why the fuck should I, you yeah. know, move into? Uh, yeah, it's that. like it's like it's like a subconscious revenge on everyone else from all the <laughs> shit they went through. But like, yeah, that's yeah. not how it works. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you're just with that, you're just gonna perpetuate more shit to you. Yes. Like you know, we start giving out good shit, it does come back. It does, and no, and it sucks when you get the bad shit because yeah. you think, why the fuck did I give all this good shit when but, I got nothing bad? But, but, but it shouldn't be that, right? But but also at the same time, you can I I see the bad shit as to me now I see them as blessings, not in a right. religious sake, but I yeah. cut shit out. Right. Like when when they're being like that, I'm like, okay, thank you for showing me that. I can't be around you. Mm-hmm. I can't work with you anymore. Right. I can't call you for gigs. Yeah. I can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, these, those people show their colors. I'm like, thanks. Yeah. Like, it's like messages to me. I, yeah. I'm reading it in a different way. I'm with you, you know, because I just changed jobs like a year ago. And I, it's when you start in a new job, it's like a fresh slate. Right. You're starting new and people don't know you. That's right. They don't know your luggage. They don't that's know right. your baggage. Exactly. And that's, you can use that to your advantage because you can also say, oh, this time when somebody triggers this response in me, I'm not going to let that bother That's me. Right. I'm going to laugh in their face because exactly. I already see the fucking hooks yeah. they're trying to put into me. Yeah. And it all, happens, right? Yeah, or you can, yeah, like you said, you can look into your past and then how you reacted in the past that got you fired mm-hmm. or how in the past got people... Where it went, the results. That's right. You yeah. see what happened. Yeah. And then now you just go, okay, well, I'm not going to tell that story to that person because it's inappropriate. That person's going to think I'm a fucking <laughs> lunatic if yeah. I tell that story. Yeah. So you're like that. Then you just you filter all your stories. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I know. I, and like, I I'll really... tell any fucking story you want right now. I know. But this is you. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Well, so, yeah, on, maybe. On this, and I don't give a shit. Yeah, I it's know. It's all yeah. good. Well, yeah, yeah. The, but um, in a working environment, it's a different. Absolutely. You know, and you now you're working like you have a, like a, you're working and you're I'm actively work, yeah. and it's like. To be able to turn a career around, change it from, like you're saying, you're servicing rock stars to now dealing with things. People, people with addictions, mm-hmm. uh, disabilities, uh, mental health issues, mm-hmm. right? And I work in a supportive housing building down mm-hmm. at Richmond in Portland. And uh, I there's like 65 um, 
clients in 45 apartments in this building and they live there all the time and i just help them counsel them take them mm -hmm. to appointments do shit i love this job bro yeah it's fucking no awesome. it sounds like because you're we, giving yeah we play we play games together i cook i cook for 30 people at once sometimes mm -hmm. it, it's it's hard but it's awesome yeah and it's all about giving right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And, and but see in in the rock world when i was giving 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 I got stepped on, abused, oh, yeah. yelled at, yeah. fucked over, stolen from, everything. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and, and in this uh, atmosphere, I'm uh, giving and I just get back. Like, they give yeah. back. They, they, they help me. Like, when I'm like, oh, what do, what do I do next? Because I just started there, right? And they right. go, oh, no, you lock this door and you open Like, they're all helping. Because they respect you. Yeah. Well, it takes a certain person to go and do that. Yeah, you know, I remember all those times you go to Europe and you go to those youth drop-in centers. Oh yeah, they're not there for punk rock shows. They're there to mentor the young, because the young right. need to, to learn off the older guy who obviously had some issues. You know what I mean? Right. They all look a little haggard. Yeah, but they're super cool dudes because yeah. they have this charisma about them. Right. And, and you they, have that, and they take care of you. Absolutely, like, and, they, and they do it through the heart. It's not like a fake thing. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I gotta take care of this guy because I'm getting something out of it. Yeah, they truly care. Yeah, and their their main. I, I was like those things, and I've just thought about this now, that their their whole mission wasn't to serve you. It was to serve the kids that came to the show. And I always thought those cool little army bunker kind of places that they would lease out for, what, a dollar a month? Like right. that place, like in... Uh, place is wild, dude. Yeah, and then you'd, like, go in, and they'd serve you food, and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm a rock star right now. And then they'd, like, this, and you play in front of people. And I'm just getting, just now, where you're like, well, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for my... It was for the people in the community that's to come right. and see something and enjoy yeah. themselves and then understand that the person that's older you than you isn't out to fuck you over, which is probably when you're 14. That's what happens, right? Yeah. You think everybody's oh, yeah. against me. Nobody yeah. cares about me. You know? right. I don't know. So you have you always been in this area? This is your area? This is a hilarious story, bro. I uh, was born in this area, <clears throat> 1967, and then in, I don't know, early 90s i moved down to parkdale <laughs> right yeah and spent like 12 years down in there. your early 20s like in the later, 20s, later 20s and then i got married spent seven years in parkdale i was married and then uh yeah then my life crashed mm -hmm. right my my wife left me my dad died and then 9 11 happened mm -hmm. and i was just like whoa okay What's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. World War Three. I don't know. Whatever. Let's fucking get some coke today. Yeah. Like I went to the amphitheater that day. Okay. It was the nine eleven. I walk in. I walk in, and then everyone's like, no one's working, mm -hmm. and I'm like, what the fuck? Like yeah, I happening? ride my bike up. No one's around. No one's. There. Everyone's in the kitchen. Yeah. Watching the TVs, and I walk in. I'm like, what's going on? Where is it? And then I look, and there's a, there's one building blowing up. Like, yeah. Or uh, smoking. It's just smoking, and then I. Uh, start watching and then the second plane bang and then they start saying well i guess that's it we're not going to work today and i'm like what are you talking about that's fucking new york who cares let's get the show on the road <laughs> i need to make my money because yeah, yeah. i needed to get coke yeah right? so i'm like fuck i want some money right so anyway i so they sent us home that day and that mm -hmm. day i just i got more coke and then i just, wife's gone dad's dead who cares and i just gave up mm -hmm. totally gave up that day that day i was like you know what let's just do coke until i die let's let's do it that way like the slow way mm. the fun way let's go that way right? yeah 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 so i thought like maybe a couple years it'd be over but it went on and on bro it was like seven years i became homeless i started robbing like 
cash monies and money marts and doing all this shit and uh, almost went to jail. But instead, didn't you go to jail though for credit cards things? No, I never got that. Oh, because oh, you were talking to me about it. Like, well, yeah, I got, I got. Okay, so what happened was, I I did all this, f- tons of checks, right? Fraud, right. fraudulent checks. I got like a lot of money out of that, and then one day. I, I got paid. Mm-hmm. I, I worked for this woman. I painted something for her, like painted her garage or something. She's like, here's 200 bucks, and I got a check. Oh, shit. Right? And I just I just didn't even think. I was just so happy to get paid. I went to the fucking money mart. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, I was in a cloud, right? And I, I was yeah, smoking yeah. that shit all day. Yeah. It's fucking. Yeah. So then I went there, and the guy's like, yeah, I'll get, I'll get your money. Hang on. And then I was like, the little guy on my shoulder's like, you got to leave right now. And but then yeah, this the, is then bad. the drug addict on the other shoulder's like, no, no, wait. We got to wait for that money. Yeah. Right? And I'm Maybe like, he's going to go get you the coke and cut the middleman right out yeah, of it. I was hoping something was going <laughs> to happen, buddy. I was like hoping something. But then instead, four cops walk in. Wow. Four cops um, that's fast too right oh yeah they yeah. came fast because i was on the warrant list in toronto oh, right? right so right. they come in they're like mr baldwin from the back of the shop and i'm like holy fuck i turn and it's like four cops i'm like oh they know me by name this yeah. is this is really bad this is bad yeah. yeah like they haven't even asked me for my id but they're calling my name out from back there jesus so i'm like fuck it so i'm like what's up and they're like oh you're, you're cashing checks again i'm like what do you mean? Well, it's, you, you're like number three on the uh, fraud list in Toronto at the moment. And, you know, you haven't cashed in a couple of months, but here you are doing mm. it again. And I'm like, what do you, I don't know what you're talking about, dude, but this is my check. Like, yeah. And so he's like, let's call the woman and see the woman on the check. We'll call her and see if it's your money. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, go ahead, bud. Yeah. So he calls her and she's like, yeah, I pay, I paid him 200 bucks for painting. Yeah, yeah. So what's the problem? And the guy's like, no, it's okay. Hangs up. Money Mart's like, well, that money's ours because you owe us uh, fucking 20 yeah, grand be. already. <laughs> so they took that 200 bucks. The cops, they take me out to the front and they're like, listen, we don't have a warrant out for you yet. Right? But, but you're on the list mm-hmm. and that's going to be in seven days of warrant. We're getting the warrant. Mm-hmm. So here's your opportunity to change your life. Yeah. Right? It's a cop saying it to me. He goes, really? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, it was such great advice. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, that cop helped me out big time. Yeah. He, he made me think about what he was saying. He's like, because what's going to happen is if you don't turn yourself in within seven days, we're going to come looking for you. And that's work. And, and then, and then yeah. when we arrest you, yeah. you're going to sit in jail. Until. Until. Yeah. Unless you have someone to pay your bail. Yeah, and if I'm you come like, in on your own that's right. goodwill, then you can maybe go home. And, you can go home. Yeah. He said, that's what he said. So I did it. I, I smoked crack for six days. And on the seventh <laughs> day, I went into the cop really? shop. Really? Yeah. I, fucking good fellas, man. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I got my buddy who was a lawyer at the time, and he, he walked me in, right? Yeah. I just couldn't do it alone. And I just said, hey, bud, like, I'm the guy. And he was yeah. okay. Yeah. So they, they, they took me up. They go, okay, we got to handcuff you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Like, we're in here. He goes, it's just the way we got to do it. Right. So he handcuffs me, walks me four feet into a room. I'm like, dude, that was weird. Yeah. They take me in pictures and then they go upstairs. We do this interview and he sets up the camera. He's yeah. like, I got to film this shit. And then he's got these two books and it's full of every check that I fucking. Holy shit. Yeah. He had it all. <laughs> he, had buddy. Case. he had that case. Yeah. yeah. You're whole, like Pablo Escobar. Oh, buddy, checks. It was nuts. That's amazing. He had the whole case and he's going through it and he's like, filming me did you do this one i'm like yes did you and he's oh of course so i can plead guilty to everything right and then uh gets the end of the books and then he goes to get the dvd out and he goes oh shit i didn't push record fuck can we do it again oh and i'm like yeah let's do it again oh my god that's awesome so then the next time he goes he goes to the book and he's like did you do this i'm like absolutely not oh he's like what and I'm like, just kidding. Yeah. He goes, shit, we got to start again. <laughs> and, and so then we, then we were laughing, right? We're laughing. Right, right, yeah. And they let me go. 
right? Yeah. So so what I did was I went to, uh, I was already on a, a rehab waiting list called Stonehenge. Yeah. And it's out in Guelph. It's a fucking like six month program. Right. As I wanted to go big, right? Yeah. So I was messed up. So I ended up going eight months. I did some bad shit up there. Got me in trouble. Yeah. And uh, like what? Like what? Oh, <laughs> buddy, some crazy shit. I'll tell the stories. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, because yeah, these yeah. are the stories, but. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so we're sitting around the breakfast table. I'm fucking. I'm a bit of a showman, right? Mm-hmm. I, was, I was freaking <laughs> out. I was just coming down. I've been high for like eight years straight every yeah. day. So this is like my new sobriety, right? It's right. I've been on. This is about the first week now. It's like four days sober. And I'm like sitting around the breakfast table and we have we each get a buddy when you go there, a buddy to show you around the place, right? Mm-hmm. Get you used to like the a rules. shadow. Yes. Yeah, shadow. shadow. Yeah. That's right. That's shit. So, uh, my shadow, his name was, uh, Carl. So Carl's sitting there, the breakfast table, he's making fun of, he make fun of my coronation street, right? I watch coronation uh, street. That's do I. Big time. Yeah, right? yeah, so that's yeah. my shit. Yeah. And he's like, what about coronation street? And he's like. Yeah. Methadoning and he's coronary street and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah coronary street. And he's yeah. he's methadoning out, right? So he's like fucking nodding off, and I I'm like fuck this guy, right? I'm gonna do a show right yeah, here, yeah. right now. So I get up on the table and I fuck go behind his head and I pull my dick out and start hitting him in the head with it, right? And everyone at the table, there's guys that were like sexually abused in this rehab. Oh shit! They start fucking crying. Then there's dudes that just got out of jail they're like you're my hero and then the other guys want to punch me out and then i looked right in the middle of the table there's a staff person there i didn't even see this it was a temporary staff oh fucking he's losing his shit this guy's like what the fuck (laughs) right and everyone's like what the fuck and then i'm like what the fuck like it was like i i I got fucking possessed or something but i I didn't even know what i was doing you had the fire i had the fire i freaked out and then the guy's like dude and he runs upstairs tells the office they come down they're like what the fuck what's going on here yeah and i'm quiet before you got here yeah and i'm like what the (laughs) (laughs) buddy was nasty so i'm sitting and then they're like they they have this emergency meeting to see what to do with me right because you get kicked out you're fucked because you could put you in a mental institution uh, well there's that shit too and by waited eight months to get in there right yeah there's an eight month wait to get in that fuck Place, yeah, bro, and so you don't want to get kicked out because no. then you're back on the eight month waiting list, or you could go to jail or all this other shit. Because that could be like, oh, buddy, the whole place was like, that was sexual assault, fucking sexual assault, right. fucking what the fuck, right? Yeah, and I'm just like, buddy, I lost it. I don't know what to say. So they, the, the staff's having a meeting. I'm in this room, and I'm sitting in this room, just like, what the fuck happened? Like, mm. what did I do? And it's old behaviors, right? This yeah. shit that my father taught me. He's a rugby player, and everyone would get naked yeah, yeah, and run yeah. around. It was yeah. just shit that people did. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah you're, and also, it's where you, you fall into a comfort zone when you're out of your you're in when you're in a non comfortable area. Oh, you then try to resort back to what made you say happy or you. Yeah, yeah. Or or and you're kind of nutty or got, me, or got me notoriety or sure or, or made people like me. Or it or made you feel like you were you. That's right. This is yeah. This That's is right. me. Like, exactly. Exactly. So I go into the, they put me in this room. Too bad it couldn't be like knitting or something. Buddy. I'm gonna knit the fuck out of the sweater. Well, I, I got into new <laughs> shit like that. But yeah. but I'm in this room waiting for the verdict. It's like they're all voting. The, the whole staff's upstairs are mm-hmm. doing the thing. And the door opens, right? And this guy named fucking Tim puts his book in and it's a sexual um addiction book yeah like he just slips it in the room and i grab it i'm like thanks buddy and i'm start reading i'm like holy fuck this is me this is me this is me voice comes in my head use this as the angle right, right. use this as the angle plead with her 
to stay because you're a sexual addict and this is what you're going to work on while you're in the program. Right. And I was like, fuck, this is like... This is your out. This is my out. But so, it's kind of... But it, mm-hmm. but it was true. Yeah, yeah. No, it was totally true. But like, I didn't realize that until I had the book in my hand. I never mm-hmm. thought of my back sexual shit as a an addiction or a problem. I was mm-hmm. just the way I was. Like, yeah. Buddy, you know what I mean? And then I look back, I'm like, well... You know, it did fucking influence my life in many bad ways as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did all this shit. Strippers, hookers, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, so I, I, the lady comes down. She goes, well, we're thinking. And I'm like, no. No, whatever you're thinking, I'm going to tell you the real story. It's right here. Mm-hmm. It's in this book. And I, and I told her, I show her all the things. And I was fucking crying and everything. And she's like, okay, if I'm going back up with this. And then she fucking pleaded my case with them. And then I got to stay. And wow. then, and I got two extra months for, and you know, I got a little BJ in the visiting room one time. <laughs> Some fucking guy walked in, saw, and then went and ratted on me. Right. right. So that was I had to talk myself in to stay again. Yeah. So I got two extra months, which was a blessing. Yeah. Right? It's another. The longer I was in there, the more of I course. learned. Of course, all the tools. Yeah, I got more tools, and yeah. then they're like, buddy. So at eight months, they're like, you got to go because <laughs> you like it here. Yeah. Like yeah, you could yeah. also you could be a counselor here. That's yeah. how comfortable you are. And I see you like helping people and shit here while you're here. So you got to go like, yeah, move on, move on. I'm like, fuck. So then I went back and I was, this is a crazy story. Before I went in there, I met this really, uh, psychologically challenged girl. Crazy. Mm-hmm. You might want to say <laughs> uh, I was living with her yeah. <laughs> like major hoarder and, uh, holy shit, buddy. So I had to do my, oh yeah, so I went back to the court. I got out of rehab, went back to court. The judge said this. He goes, look, guys like you, I can see a change. You want to change, right? Mm -hmm. So you went to Stonehenge. I send guys like you there all the time and they never make it, but you made it. So That's saying something, right? Yeah, it shows me your testament of change. So I'm going to give you four months house arrest instead of two years in prison. And and two years probation, right? right? Four months house arrest, two years probation. How long ago was this again? Like, this is 2009. Yeah, so it's it's all, yeah. 2009. So I was like, dude, this is fucking incredible. Because right? yeah. I thought I was going to jail, right? I yeah. just like, I'm going for six months or yeah. whatever. get comfy. That's, I think, the last <laughs> time I saw you. So you were thinking you were actually going to jail. Right. So yeah. and I, that freaked me out. Like, I thought you were in jail, but it turns out you're in rehab. <laughs> that's right. I was in rehab. I didn't. I didn't like the thought of jail. Like it's a concrete block full yeah. of cock and balls. Yeah, twenty four hours a day. And it perpetuates bad behavior. Like oh, it's, you know, but it's so much drugs in there, bro. Yeah, and people go in as they don't mean it's the old cliche, but people go in as petty thieves and can leave as sort of grand larcenists if they want to. Oh yeah, because they can learn all the tools sure. and be stronger and have better food. That's right. Because there's, you and, know, and, there's people and, I know go in as like eighty pound weights and come out like one hundred and eighty yeah, pounds. And that's fuck right. And ready to yeah come out with big black hated hearts right come yeah. Out, you know, yeah yeah so so then so i got off and then i had to go do my four months house arrest with this crazy chick bro mm. and that was like because oh, that's where you were you're living yeah that's where i had to live that was my address because all my stuff that at my everything i owned in the world was at her place in one mm. of her spare rooms so mm. my all my rehab counselors are like you can't go back there Right, you can't. Bad, bad news. Yeah, like she came up and met them, and they're like, "Whoa!" Whoa. <laughs> right, and then you can't go back there. And then I said, "But I have to. Like everything I have is there, and she will burn it and trash it, and and you it. can't get it out fast enough. I can't get out fast enough. So, <laughs> so I did the four months with her. I totally relapsed. Mm. We know I went right back because the stress of her. It was just yeah. wild, bro. Like, 
a, I cleaned her apartment. It was like eight hours a day. I said, this is going to be my rent because it was like hoarded up to the ceilings. Mm -hmm. There's like little aisles. You just go, yeah, like, like the, the TV show. Yeah, like like piles of dog poo inside yeah. and Ugh. just everything, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> okay, so I said, my job here to pay rent is I'm going to work mm -hmm. eight hours a day and that would keep me eight hours from dealing with her and I would just be hoarding her stuff. I'm like, okay. And she'd like, stack of transfers from 1920 or whatever and i'm like listen is this transfer good like we burn it and she ah <laughs> I, I was just like i just i was just burning things and and throwing everything away there's a dumpster i filled the dumpster like 15 times wow. and buddy and it just and then but you're essentially doing her a service dude i was doing her a service big time man yeah. she healed she started like thinking differently her fucking parents like her mother and her kids yeah. that were taken away from her actually got, were able to uh, allowed to come back in the area and have dinner in this place right that's insane so it went nuts and then i went nuts and then i called my buddy and i said listen we're going to be working at the opera house doing a load in and we're working all day together can you bring your moving truck because what i'm going to do is go get my shit on our lunch break and he's like, what are you talking about? I go, I'm moving out of that girl's house, but we're going to do it stealth, military style. Yeah, we're going to yeah. go in there and get my shit. Yeah. That's it, because I'd been secretly packing everything right, yeah. for like a month, and everything was packed. And ready it, to go. Ready to go. Yeah. And so then he's like, okay, go. We go. We get to the door. Ding dong. She's like, you're home early. I'm like, no, I'm not. And I push push her aside. I run upstairs, start getting the boxes. She's like, what does, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm fucking moving out. And then and then Buddy's like grabbing stuff and she's like, no. And there's like dragging and fucking, I got everything in the truck and then slam the doors and boom, I'm off. And yeah. I moved to Port Hope. I drove. Wow. Yeah, I went back to the opera house, did the out. Yeah. And then after that, um, my friend Johnny yeah. let me live with him for Johnny years. B? Yeah, Johnny B. Yeah, yeah. So I moved up to his place yeah. in Port Hope. They had a nice room. Yeah. It was fucking just beautiful, he bro. Kinda, he kind of, he's that guy. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. It was great support. He saved my life. And so I'm, I'm up there and uh, I'm doing my probation. And so I go to my probation officer and then she's like, oh, your last name is Baldwin. She goes, yeah, my, um, my kids were brought up by a really nice woman with the last name Baldwin. And I'm like, yeah, it's my sister. Oh, boy. So my sister was like their day daycare worker. My probation officer's kids were brought up by my sister. Up oh boy, Port Hope, and she's like, "This is great. I love your sister. She's the best." You know what? You don't have to come to these appointments. Whoa. So I'm just like, "What do you mean?" She goes, "But did you need to? Like, did you think you might have needed?" to No, do? not really. Yeah, but okay. she's she's just like, but usually, you know, I'd have to drive an hour to go see her. Yeah. And all this, she's like, you don't even have to do that. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, this system's great. Yeah, yeah. Right, so that was my probation. Just, I just. What if you could do that stuff online now, like with Skype and shit? I don't know. I wonder it's if you could just say, yeah, because you would just have like something that looked like this, and well, just... they they do it in the courthouse, right? That's yeah. how they they do Skype. Like guys don't for witnesses and stuff. No, for the the, the criminals. Yeah, criminals. It's easier than driving them, I guess. Oh right? yeah, saves a lot of money. They just turn, they call them up to the screen. You see the screen, and the judge is talking to them mm -hmm. in the courthouse, and then they're like, yeah, uh, remanded. All right. Fuck you, and they walk yeah, yeah. Away, right? and, <laughs> and they uh, just line up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's exactly what. <laughs> and then, then he does those, and then he goes, "Okay, let's go, real people." Rustin Baldwin, yeah, next, yeah. and then you go. It's right? like real. It's like Minority Report now. It's, it's fucked up, bro. It's <laughs> fucked. You're finding faster ways to encrypt, oh, yeah. yeah, to get people in jail. That's right. I know. What's your thoughts on that, though? You think we got we're turning a corner on this stuff? Like, like how? Like you're now in the system. You're working the system. How do you feel? Are you positive about how these things are moving forward just because you've got your little your thing in there? Or do you think that oh, there's no. a lot of challenges along the way? Oh, buddy, I think like um, the reason I got off was, was big was uh, 
first offense at, at a late age, but white privilege. Mm-hmm. Like I think you know because yeah. because I was a white older male, all this shit. I think mm-hmm. that was a big deal mm-hmm. for getting me off. I think mm-hmm. if I was maybe a different race, it might have been a different story. I might have got six sure. months. I don't know. Yeah, just, there's a stigma attached to. I just to like that's what I believe. Minorities, but I mean like you know black American North American people where they have to explain themselves even though they have a good upbringing but maybe the statistics prove that they don't yep but is the statistics statistics or is, are they are they skewed i think they're white statistics yeah so white people make these statistics yeah, that's too right. yeah i figured as much i think know? i think it's all it's all just bullshit i bet you there's as many positive stories in trying communities or you know i believe that so much yeah i think we don't see all the miracles we don't see all the good stuff Mm-hmm. Like that's they not, don't want you to. See they that. don't want you to see it because mm-hmm. it, that's infectious. Eh? Mm-hmm. When, when good, good and love mm-hmm. are like that's what we're all about. You think it's our cynicism that looks at that and goes, ah, that can't be true, right? I'm more willing to look at the shitty part of it because I can believe that than when you say you say little miracles, little things that happen, little breakthroughs. Where yeah. oh, it sounds like a little bit of a puff piece to me. That's right. Yeah, yeah. but that's just another brainwashed thing we've been brought up with too right is mm-hmm. is the strong and the strong eats the weak and and the weak aren't worth shit and you right. know, fuck this and, and but that's that's bullshit yeah like that's not our inherent nature at all yeah like yeah. it's all through fucking thousands of years of male versus female black versus white like we're not supposed to verse shit we're supposed right. to be together bro that's true everything's the same you're right like it's fucked up bro but like we're the same as the brick. The plants are alive. It all feeds itself. The birds go back to the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Like everything is 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 all connected. Mm-hmm. It's we've been brainwashed to disconnect so that people can make money from it. Yeah, and that's all. There's a there's a an exercise in therapy that says, "What animal are you? Are you a wolf? Are you a dog? Are you a this? Are you a that?" But all these animals in the little community of animals that you put yourself into are all supposed to help each other out. It's like, I don't know, man. And what you're saying is the complete opposite of that. Because you're saying, no, I'm you, you're me. We should all have the same tendencies. Some of us have different upbringings. We have different statuses of where we're at with mental issues. Oh, yeah. But on a whole, I don't know if it's achievable for all of us to be kind of like mentally in that same headspace. it's not them or ants right right <laughs> but but it's utopia yeah right yeah. it's is like it's it's a dream like mm-hmm. it's it's like a, a dream of mine i would love to see it but i don't think it's possible mm-hmm. just like you said yeah there's too many variables in the mix and it's been too long of fucking poisons and fucking yeah hatred and i'm wars. all about utopia i like thinking about it, the good be beautiful things. yeah it'd be great you know i think about things with, with music and things i thought what if this and this and this happened? We'd all be in a great spot musically, right? right? Why can't we all be in a great spot? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to compete? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to want to be better than you? Why do I have to have yeah. want more than you? And then you know this shit. I don't. I don't care. Like yeah. honestly, but it just seems like our whole society is all about competition, right? And decisions you make from the age of ten up until you die. They all, it's like you choose your own adventure, right? You just start in this direction. You go, I'm going to do this for a while. Then you change your decision and you go, I'm going to go over here for a little while. And it all ends up going to the right, into that where it's supposed to be. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. I was up, when I was up at Johnny's and I'm sitting around and I'm like, I I didn't want to do drugs, 
but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was sitting around watching prices, right? Eating mm-hmm. fucking matzo balls. Like, mm-hmm. buddy, I grab a matzo ball and just eat it like an apple, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was like 280 pounds. And yeah. I just, I felt like I was 90, like a retired old man, <laughs> just sitting there watching game shows all day. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Cause you know what? I'm, I'm already, with you on that. I'm dead. No, I'm, well, I'm with your train of thought there because there's everybody needs a vice. Everybody has a vice. You know, maybe that pastor, like in the Southern Baptist region, goes, man, my sin is I pray too hard. Like we all have something we do in excess. And, you know, when I quit cigarettes, I started drinking more. Yeah. And then I changed my whole everything. Yeah. You know, and I have drinks from here to there and I, you know, from time to time, but I make a point of changing my my circular motion of downward spiraledness because I I think I have the same vice of there is, it's there. It's just creeping in, but I can keep it at bay. Right. That's the staunch British side of me. I can just keep that back there. Right. But I feel that, you know, the decisions you make dictate who you're going to be and who you will be for the rest of your life. So my decisions were poorly made, but they were fun. You know, they were, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I so, have the same thing. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't regret one thing. Yeah. All the shit I've did, mm-hmm. all of it, I see it as like all messages of where I am now. Like, yeah. <clears throat> it's amazing. So I was up there <clears throat> and then my friend, uh, Louise lover, she calls me she's like, there's a program at George Brown mm-hmm. that runs for addiction and mental health and it's free and it's college credits. Really? I was, I was like, what are you talking about? God bless George Brown. So, so I look it up. I'm like, yep. So I went in, did the fucking whatever aptitude test. I got accepted. I, it's a two-year program. So I went through that program. Mm-hmm. I won a $2,000 scholarship. I won a $500 student award mm-hmm. and uh, gained like seven college credits. And so then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go into the social service worker program. Yeah. Why not? Fuck, what am I going to do? I got no job. I might as well go to school. And, yeah. get, and then I can get a diploma and get a job. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I, went, I took the two grand, went into there, and uh, I got I graduated with honors, bro. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. Yeah. Where is this shit? Oh, you got it. I got this shit somewhere. But you're, you're, you're actually a, you're, you're an example of system wins, like the system works. Yes. Yeah. And anywhere along that road, you could easily... You know, you said you, you relapsed and things got hairy again, but you understood from the previous thing that said, oh, I need to, I need to stop this fast. You know, yep. so you got back faster. Yep. But when you relapsed, do you, when you relapsed, yep. do you, did you feel it was easier to get into it? Like I can only attribute to, I quit cigarettes for like four years. Then I started smoking again. Oh, the cra- felt- I think the cravings are a lot are a lot stronger because with with the drugs you can have other things right like you have like sex yeah so when, when you when you smoke some crack and have sex right like they go together mm-hmm. so you get more of a pull on it right mm-hmm. you think about it whoosh, yeah let's fucking get some right so you fall back quick right 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 plus the the, the mental more of a mental addiction i think with that shit yeah and That's, all the people that sort of brought you down are sort of out of your picture now right like to an extent, or do you try yeah. to reach out to some of those people and say, "Hey, maybe I can help you." Oh you don't yeah, need to name names, but you no, know no, I'm... yeah, I've had a couple of uh, friends from the past. I haven't talked to them in a long time. Heard about my story, and they're like, "Fuck, buddy, how would you? How'd you do it? Can I come talk to you?" Yeah, right. And I'm like, "Sure." So, uh, my first, basically, I got my diploma, and then a week later, that a buddy called, and and he's like, "How about we go talk on the golf course?" Mm-hmm. I love golfing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll take that as like per diem. 
mm-hmm. for fucking giving you my time yeah, and yeah, wisdom. Yeah, a lot of work. Yeah. So, so I traded yeah. golf for my first job as a social service worker, and I was on the golf greens <laughs> talking about getting recovery and yeah. how to get this guy better, right? So that was really cool. And then I, I have a couple other people I see now. But, um, yeah, I, I work in the field too, like I said. But what was the question again? I sort of drifted. The people that surrounded you, oh, the negative people. Shit, yeah, buddy, I got rid of a lot of those people. A lot of those people were in with with bands I was in. Yeah, you know, and uh, so I don't play. I don't play music in the sense of okay. We'll talk about my music first, or my friends. Let's talk about music. Okay, let's talk yeah. about music. Okay, so I played in music for since I was sixteen. Chronic Submission, Saint Natras. Trigger Happy, Dynamite, all these bands, like so many bands over the years, drinking, and that took a lot of drugs and drinking yeah. clubs, right? So I decided, like, in my new life, I can't do that anymore. Right? And I'm tired of fucking doing load-ins, like packing all my Being drums. Being a drummer, yeah. Yeah, all the drums, and then going to the fucking club like five hours early doing these insane sound checks that make no sense because all the dials, Changes. it's yeah. all different by the nighttime. Yeah. People are in the club. It all sounds different. Wasting all the time. Then I'm downtown waiting four hours while I start drinking. Blah, 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 play the show. Then it's two, three, four, five. I'm 50 now, right? Yeah, and you got to go to work. Right? And then you pay for the rehearsal spot. You pay for your equipment. Yeah. You pay for getting there. And then you get 20 bucks. Yeah. Right? So I was like, you know what? None of this makes sense anymore. No, it needs to. there needs to be a love that you can appreciate. Like, if you right. love playing drums. I do. I love playing drums. Okay? So then I'm sitting there... This is another time, and I'm like, fuck, I've, start, I've started to have this spiritual awakening, right? I'm, f- I'm feeling, I'm seeing things for the first time. I'm fucking locking Your pe- senses aren't dulled anymore, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I'm locking people out. I'm like, you're negative. I don't want you in my life. Yeah. You, you say you're racist. I don't want you around me. Yeah. All this shit. I'm making choices, right? Yeah. I'm starting to make choices, healthy choices. I'm like, fuck, you're poison. Fuck off. Yeah. This kind of shit. I don't need you in my life. Like, yeah. you just, you bring me down. You're yeah. pressing. So I start cutting those people out. And then I, uh, Shit, where am I now? Just with music. And, oh, yeah. yeah. So then I, I'm feeling good. I say to my sister, I'm feeling really good these days. I wish there was a place I could go that's not church. Mm-hmm. It's not religious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just a fucking place where everyone's happy. She goes, yeah. well, my friend goes to the spiritual center down on Queen Street. Mm-hmm. Let's go there one day. So I go down. I sit down. I'm like, what the fuck? There's an eight-piece band. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, dude, this is awesome. Need a drummer? <laughs> Buddy, I walk up to the guy after the show. I'm like... Voice says in my head, go talk to that guy right yeah, now. Yeah. So I walk up. I'm like, buddy, I've uh, been playing for 30 years. I can't play in clubs anymore because everyone's drinking and yeah. it's just bad for me. But if you ever need a drummer, here's my email and my phone number. He goes, perfect. Our drummer's been here for five years, so he's probably not going anywhere. But it's good to have you you yeah, here yeah, and, yeah. And, and have a contact. Two weeks later, he goes, weird shit, but drummer quit. You're in. Yeah. So I've been playing in this band for three years now. I, they gave me this kit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave yeah. me that for house. They're like, there's your rehearsal for practicing. For practice. Yeah. Um, no load-ins, no load-outs. It's just one center. One, one area. One center. Yeah. I just walk in. We rehearse before the show. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, four shows a month. I get paid. And I they pay for the gear. I don't have to buy sticks. I don't do anything, bro. I just mm-hmm. ride my bike down there, walk in, do a rehearsal, mm-hmm. play the show, and go home. That sounds it's awesome. fucking awesome. Talk about utopia, man. Buddy, that is utopia. It is. It's beautiful. Fuck, that's right. It's fucking... I just... And we rock out. We play yeah. We play fucking all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, just 
covers. We play all kinds of shit. It's so cool, it's man. It's so much fun. And you just went there, yeah, because, you know, I talk to people that get churchy. There's some people I know have gotten churchy. Yeah. And I don't judge. I don't judge that because yeah. I don't think this is the forum to say whether that's right or wrong. Yeah. You know, because whether someone's born again Christian and they want to become born again, that's their choice. I think. And, I think if it makes them happy, absolutely, and and makes them treat people with respect and mm-hmm. courtesy, then good. Do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things in the Bible that are like no duh. But see, that's the yeah. thing with with uh, my philosophy or whatever the church that I go to. It's mm-hmm. called a center. They don't mm-hmm. even call it a church, right. and they never ever talk about the Bible. The right. Bible never comes up. But they bring certain sort of ideals yeah, and totally. Yeah. It's all about love and kindness. Yeah. Right. And it's law of attraction. Basically, it's like. If you put that out there, that's yeah. what comes back. And I started living that about two years ago, even before, or three years ago before I even knew this place. Right. I started thinking like that, and I started doing it. And it's true, though. Yeah. Because I would, I used to be like mean and prickish and and whatever. And that's what that's what everyone around me was. You had same. a switch. Yeah. Yeah. I had, but I never. I see the funny thing. I've known you since the late nineties, but yeah. I've never caught. We've never actually had that exchange. No. No. Where it's like. You know, I remember taking a van ride to London where, remember? Fuck where, yeah. You remember that? And I was playing Journey. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And, and those had, guys were getting pissed no, off. No, no, it was just me and you. Oh, yeah? It was just me and you and my old Versa van. Oh, yeah. And I was driving out there and I'm like, because totally Good Riddance were supposed to pick me up and they forgot. Oh. And I was going to go to London to mix them. So I like, somehow I ended up like your van was too full or you wanted to hang with me because I was driving up by myself and we just had this two and a half hour conversation about all the things that pisses off and all the things that make us happy and we just went to london and i felt like that was awesome because nice. all we did was bitch about a common thing you know what i mean we, <laughs> it's kind of like what we're doing now yeah absolutely but we had this um we had this connection in this because and i didn't really know you back then at that point really you know if you think about maybe in, what was it 95? yeah i just i knew you through al right yeah yeah so but be able to have like, oh, you know, and then forever the times we'd meet at the amphitheater and just hang and talk. There was never any sort of, I never caught any of that, you know what I mean? Like, because that anguish or that anger that yeah, you had. Yeah. And so I'd say my observation is that it was a switch. There were certain people that you could just maybe sense and just yeah, turn on them. Sure. And I, I'm the same way. Right. Like, there's a lot of things that I think, like working in this business, I still do. Uh, when I walk up to someone and they're just, you can tell there's a fucking. There's oh, a, buddy, our, our, we, we send off yeah. uh, uh, vibrations, yeah. right? Like I walk into, when I used to tour, I used to walk into a, into a venue and meet the sound guy, and the very first thing out of his mouth would dictate how the oh, whole night right. would go. Totally. I had such a keen, hypervigilant yeah. <laughs> of judging yeah. because it was self-preservation. Because I talk to people that will walk all over you, and then you talk to people that are absolutely very nice people. Right. There'd be more of those people willing to walk all over you right. than there was the people willing to help you out. So now I'm that guy in a venue, and people walk in, and I try, but I still get that little hint, that one little douchebag that you're like, how dare you talk to people? Like, you know, we were just last night, and like, there's this one guy talking to our monitor guy. I'm like, I said, how many of these shows have we done? They're like Indian dance, Aaron Gethrums. I'm like, how many have we done? We've done, what, 12 this month? Like, don't worry, dude. We got this figured out. And then he was just getting angrier and angrier. And then I walked away because I knew I could fucking sense, like, I'm just going to yell this guy. I'm going to leave. <laughs> right. But, but that's the thing. You can, you can sense this thing, right? And, and what I've realized is I sense it and then I can actually turn it around and turn it into well, a joke. Well, that's the whole thing, bro. That's yeah. the power 
Of it's age, right? Age. Yeah. It's yeah. all age. Yeah, it's age and just having tools because you need oh, tools yeah. in your toolkit yeah. to help you f get through this weird book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Life. Yeah. It's, right. It's you know, because we strange. all sense it, we all feel it. You know, I was just out there, just waiting in front. There's just these dudes yelling at each other because a guy threw something on the floor and this other guy's gonna fight the other guy. I'm like, wow, it's still alive. Angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> still there. Just floats around. This one guy, like, he just goes grab that piece of garbage he threw it out. Go, sorry guys. And then you know, didn't realize, and then it'd be all good. Yeah. But he's like, fuck you. And he's yeah. like, fuck you. You stick that fucking piece of garbage up your ass. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Toronto's wicked. <laughs> well, that's another fucking whole ball of wax right there. Mm. Toronto, like, how it's changed, bro. Yeah. I'm fucking, I'm out of here. I'm going to Hamilton, I think. Maybe. Oh, really? Maybe. Well, Hamilton is looking pretty sweet right now. I've been there a few times. It looks like my kind of town. It's all it's still dirty. and. Well, you know, it's cleaning up. Yeah, I'll move to the dirty parts of town. I don't like think they're this, really this, good. I'm, I'm, I'm right here. This is the last bit of Toronto that's dirty, and they're changing well, it. Well, what happened, I know, because I live directly north of here. I was up at oh, yeah? uh, O'Connor in... Um, uh, O'Connor Woodbine okay, area, yeah, like, yeah. up by more towards. It's a little dirty. Yeah, up towards maybe by. I, I like um, it up Vic there. Park, not quite Scarborough. Yeah, like we're, yeah, we're, you're on the cusp. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Scarborough was on the other side of Vic Park. Right. But I noticed that one per when we got out of town is that Scar well East York was kind of like, is all right. It's okay. I can deal with this. And then all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang! Like what the fuck? There's a drive-by shooting that was like around the corner from us. And then just people got pushed out of lower income places and started moving out this way more. Yeah. So it seemed to get more and more dangerous and scary and potentially life threatening. So we're out. We got two kids. We're like, fuck it. We're not, we're not hanging out here anymore. So we're up in Oxford. Well, I hear about that grandma like in Toronto. Got, yeah. She got shot like last week, just chilling out. And then they shot the wrong lady or just shit like that. It's like all that kind of shit. I, I probably just want to move out somewhere quiet you know toronto just... used to be a place that if you were in trouble trouble would find you now slowly but surely it's not it's turning into a united states city where yeah. you're in the wrong place at the wrong time like kids getting shot in like jane and finch area like 10 year old kids yeah like how could you if you're going to a block party and just open it up like these things didn't happen 20 years ago yeah yeah you know yeah it's crazy so i don't know about you know, not I'm not so into it so much anymore, and the whole club life. Like my last, my last gasp I had at the rock and roll thing was, uh, whew, this is a big one, but uh, Trigger Happy, right? Mm -hmm. Mark passed away. Yeah, just fucking Mark, the guitar player. Trigger Happy passed away. Uh, I don't know, fucking two years ago or three years ago. It's gonna be three, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm my time thing is really bad. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, <laughs> so on the way to the funeral. I'm sitting there with Al. We're in a car, and he's like, "So maybe we should do a reunion thing for Mark." And I was like, "Well, that's kind of weird because Mark's not here." Mm -hmm. Like, but you didn't want to talk about getting trigger happy back when Mark was alive, mm -hmm. but now you do. And mm -hmm. I said, "Well, I don't know, dude." And he goes, "Well, here." And he shows me a text about Mark sending him a text. Hey, have you ever thought about getting trigger happy back together? Mm -hmm. So he's like, well, here's this, right? And I was like, well, that's interesting. Okay, well, let's talk about it. Right? Yeah, let's, let's get this shit over with, though, yeah. Let's, let's, well, you know, yeah. It, was, it, was weird, it was weird, but then I thought, well, how about we do this? You know, we asked, well, ask Shitty, see if he wants to do it. He said no in the end, but he flip-flopped. 
said yes, which got me into it. Yeah. And then he fucking walked away. Johnny McNabb. Oh, yeah. yeah. Flip-flopper. And then left <laughs> left me with the bag. Yeah. Right? But uh, so I said, well, why don't we do it for this? We we, we get it for uh, Helen's legal fees and Riley, his son. Those 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 That's where the money will go. Yeah. We'll make the money for them. Mm-hmm. And now it agrees to it. Okay, let's do it. And I said, okay, here's another one. We'll do that. No money for us. Mm-hmm. Money goes to them. So anyway, we get we're out there, we're doing it. So I got back to Toronto and that was it. I just I walked out of the car, came into this apartment, got dropped off here and that was it. Yeah. They had a show at Riot Fest on the September of that year. And they're like, "So you're playing?" I'm like, "Absolutely not." Mm-hmm. Like I'm not fucking doing anything with you guys. No. Like you're fucking weirdos, but Was there anything like triggering the back of your brain like old habits to say, "Yeah, oh, I, could, all I could fall into that trap." All the drama was just insane. I, yeah. Like, like I guess I've just changed a little bit, and a lot of people haven't at all. And so I think you were always on the periphery of drama, even with Trigger Happy. You were always sort of like the the one watching it all go down. Yeah, I truly think then I'm just observing this. Well, yeah. I don't know in the van what what you were. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, but, you're you're pretty well right there. Yeah. Come to think of it, but I guess I felt like I was more part of it because I was in the band. But, yeah. But now that you say that, you're kind of sharing the sharing the drama. That's right. Because you're a band. That's right. what bands do. They exactly. all kind of hang out with each other and they sort of support each other right. through good and bad. Right. You know, in all honesty, that's sort of what gets me in and out of bands, regardless. Like, yeah. is that either we suffer together, where we're all like driving like somewhere in northern England without a hotel, with no money, or and we all deal with that. Yeah. That makes me feel good that we all dealt with it. But when one guy's like, fuck this, and wants to get into a fucking, on a plane and fly home, well, that person's not in my circle of trust anymore. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Big time. And oh, when yeah. everything's great, and we're in Germany, and there's 600 kids buying our shit, oh, this is the best time ever, but you shouldn't take one without the other. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's it's a war, right? And that... what you chose to do is you just, you wanted to have the good times, which is fine, but you didn't want to put up with, it was on your terms. You made some terms, and the terms weren't, you know. oh, oh, I did. I did it like for five years, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, we did the Europe tours, the U.S. tours, the yeah. Canada tours. Those fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah. I had some amazing times with those fucking yeah. assholes. Like, really? Well, you, you actually and, helped us on a tour. Oh yeah, because uh, Temple Pole tour. Oh yeah, because you ended up. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. I <laughs> fucked up. I couldn't make it. <laughs> couldn't make it. But but those guys, they're again. They put it on me. Oh, well, I thought it was on you. They, they, but of course you thought it was yeah, on yeah. me. Yeah, I think we talked about this now, and I'm remembering it now. But they didn't have the fucking plane money either. Yeah. Mark, Mark was a millionaire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He could have got the money. Yeah. To take us to Europe, they didn't get the money. We played a show at the Big Bop. That was the last show we ever played as that lineup mm-hmm. with Mark, and uh, we made like fucking I don't know, twelve hundred bucks or something. Or could have gone for two tickets at least. Yeah, but we so what we did was we, after the show we called the Coke dealer yeah. and spent all the money on the Coke yeah. instead, and we didn't go to Europe. Yeah, but but they put it on me. They said, "Oh, it's because of my drug addiction, we didn't make it." No, it was because they didn't. You guys didn't have ticket money. Nobody had ticket money. No one had ticket money. Well, I'm glad that got clarified. Yeah, because all I heard was, "Well, Rustin fucked up, right?" Uh, and Rustin can't do it because Rustin can't leave the country. That's right. That's and, that's uh, not true either. Yeah, because I, I had no charges then. Yeah. I didn't. I can't. I can't go to America yeah. now. Well, we that. ended up going, and yeah. it was so good to be trigger happy for every time. Oh, yeah. There's like a little poster up, uh, uh, you know, uh, Temple Pole and trigger happy. Awesome. You know, you're like, yeah. 
how much that hurts when I played in Trigger Happy, what, 20 years before? Like, yeah, that's fucking even funnier, too. I didn't think of that. So I'm like sitting there going, every, and it only, because it was 30 days of shows, and only towards like the third week, the posters would start saying Foursquare. We're like, this is absolutely, only people that are getting helped out of this is fucking bad taste, because bad taste aren't having to have to forfeit the tour by having to pay for half the bus, which is what we paid for. And then every day on that tour, I thought, how much would how many arguments would people be getting into right now based on the fact if I was Al right now, I was putting myself in Al's shoes being on that tour going, you know, we're paying what, 4,400 euros for a month to be on this tour bus. And our income was something like 3,800, you know, you know, so where's all this extra money come from at the end of it all. And then we don't get any good bunks and we're being called the backup band and all this stuff and all this shit's going down. Right. And I go, God, I wish I was Al right now. I wish I could just snap. But I think one time I did say, hey, this is half our bus too. You know, and I think I was more level heads prevailed. But I could only imagine how much fucking craziness that would go on in that 30 days sharing a bus with 10 foot pole. And I think they're lucky that they dodged a bullet there. Fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But I still consider myself lucky that one day I got a call from Al and saying, you want a drum because mm-hmm. their drummer quit or whatever. And I was like, which guy did you replace? Gary? Gary. Yeah. 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 And, um, and he came back. He played Riot Fest. Yeah, yeah. He's still there now. Right. I think he just played last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And so I just was like, I'm out of here. Like, uh, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to join this band and fucking go tour places. Like, I went all kinds of places. I yeah. Being able to go if I didn't do it. So I'm glad. Absolutely. Glad I went, did it. But then that's just that last bit was just nauseating. Well, there, I was like, what There's the a fuck? death. I don't. I can't even imagine. I've yeah. known Mark, too. I know Mark a lot. Yeah, yeah. But having a guy in your band, well, not necessarily in your band, but the the situation, how it brought you all back together again, it, it hurts. You know what I mean? Like, I can only imagine, and I don't think I'd even want to broach the situation. I think I would let, this is my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Some people might have different opinions. It's fine. Yeah, I'm listening. My opinion is that just leave sleeping dogs lie. That's what I, yeah. That, you just let it go. But the trigger happy is the name it brings people it's to the brand. show, yeah. right? It brings at least 15 people that want to say, whatever shit for dessert shit for dessert yeah right and this familiarity and they're fucking great songs i mean they're, right. they're good songs they're they're just they're cool but my whole thing is i can't imagine see i'm not in that position but the weird part to me is they're cool they're good songs but they're marks mm-hmm. right so for me it's not cool yeah i could only imagine say if uh i kicked off i couldn't imagine Foursquare getting back together that wouldn't happen right you know what I mean? like, yeah. it just wouldn't happen there'd be no way yeah because I don't think any of my friends want to do it. That's just the way it is, right? Yeah. Like I think, you know, and I think because there was a limited, a limited little bit of success, maybe in the mid two thousands, but that's it. That's all we got. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. there's a little fire we all have when we play in bands, and it's like this is great. I've captured this fire. I'm good. I'm satisfied. But some people, some people want ultimate more, more, more. Yeah. I want more. Yeah. Like, like that's a good point. Like I've done so much. Um, in my life musically over the years that I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I've done enough in that scene and I've put, I put my years in, yeah. I've done my shit and I just changed my thing. Now I play in a different setting mm-hmm. and it's perfect. It's like yeah. the retirement years. Absolutely. You're still grazing. Playing, yeah. Yeah. But I still play it. Yeah. I actually play more four shows a month. So sometimes five when there's so those you're playing more shows than you did when you were in trigger happy pretty probably well. played more shows at this point after yeah. what two, two three years yeah 
Then you have <laughs> Yeah. That's crazy. It's fucking nuts. Right, do you feel like you're a better musician now than you were oh, yeah. back then? Oh yeah, buddy. Just rounded, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Shit. Like because we play we play reggae, we play fucking jazz, yeah. we play all of it. So I So play, yeah, and I'm you playing, came from metal, right? In a yeah, way. Metal and uh punk. Yeah. Right? Chronics. Chronic submission, and then I played in Dogs with Jobs, right? <laughs> and that's a singer of Pile Driver who was playing at uh, the Opera House this Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gord, yeah. Gord Kirchner. Yeah, you know, I like the way, I like the way you said, like I've done it, I've made enough, and I've I've put my contribution into this scene. Yeah. I've I'm getting out, and I'm out, and I'm fine. And I find the same thing with doing sound. It's right. like, I've done it. I've done that. I don't need to go sit in the Rivoli mix sound anymore. Right. I don't need that. And I felt that same way about my job in the music business. Mm -hmm. Right. I did it long enough and I'm like, I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. I'm and being a, like, honestly, that's hard fucking work. Like oh. you have a shelf life. Oh yeah. You know I, I, was, I was, I was, I fucked up my back. Right. Yeah. I got these uh, herniated discs and I got so bitter. Mm -hmm. Like I was telling stars to fuck off, like like just going <laughs> fuck you, goof. And their guy, the guy's like, who the fuck's this? Right, right. Like fuck, I, that's a stagehand. Well, you just told me to fuck off. Yeah. Look, just go back in your dressing room, relax. Is yeah. the manager saying right? And I'm yeah. like, fuck, get this guy out here. I'll fucking knock him out. Yeah. Like I was just so bitter and angry at yeah. all these people I'm working for. I just I was like, fuck, I hate them all. Yeah. Like you're you're complaining to me about your fucking towels in your dressing room. You know that this this light you're in is gonna be off soon like yeah. you're an opening band dude yeah you're not going anywhere yeah. nothing's gonna happen to you i can tell you right now you got this bus for the week shut the fuck up mm -hmm. enjoy it and don't bug me you don't talk to me again for the rest of the day all right yeah the guy's just looking at me fuck i'm just like <laughs> screaming at people johnny's like dude you can't talk to people like that and i'm like fuck you i'll talk to you that way send me home right now i don't even want to be here he goes i can i need you yeah i'm like okay well then you go shut up yeah fuck and he's like fuck yeah i hate this guy and i hate you too and well, i hate yeah. everyone here yeah and johnny brooks like the I, he is probably the person that he should be on the show next because he fucking has you know i've known him a long time yeah. too and he's just that person that will stand behind you right or wrong yeah. you could probably say the most evilest stuff to people and he'll just be right behind you going what he said yeah you know what you want me to do you know because that's there's a, something to be said about camaraderie like that. You know, that that don't exist no more. Oh, yeah. Right? There's a lot of... I, mean, I worked in the corporate world for a while. And it's just like a university. They don't give a fuck about you. No, they no. do not. They don't... All they care about is what you can give them. It's all numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's numbers. No, There's no human compassion anymore. Yeah. It's just... It's fucked up. Like, I'm just like... I'm done in that way, too. It's like... I'm almost ready to transition. I don't even care. Mm -hmm. Like, but I want to help people, so I'm I'm hanging out a bit longer. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm like ready. I'm I'm I've I'm about 75, 80 years old. Like, really? In real life. In real life. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And, but my age is 49. Mm -hmm. But I'm fucking done. Like, I'm I've lived so many lives, dude. Went through so much shit that yeah. I'm already I'm already dead. But I'm still kicking. I don't know. Well, I think you should be lucky or grateful that you've been handled a few overs and a few life oh it's amazing lifelines i, I believe way. that's that's the spirit of my parents right yeah. they've been watching out checking but also at the same time that gives you a, a you know it sounds like it's giving you a fire to sort of ah you know what i have a purpose here exactly you know because that's the part that a lot of people fall into I is found... that darkness of like well you know maybe people better off but that's what's called mental addiction right. mental mental issues right yeah. You i know. found my purpose mm -hmm. that was it it just stumbled upon it went to school and then i ended mm -hmm. up now I'm helping people. I did a interview at the Mood Disorders Association of Ontario like two weeks ago for a counseling job there. Mm -hmm. 
And then I, that was two days a week. And then I have the other job that floats. So mm-hmm. I have two jobs that almost make it full time. Right. And it's in the field I studied just less than fucking six months ago. That's amazing. Like, so I just flipped my life completely upside down in the, in an amazing way. And do you think people that went through that sort of darkness, they know how, I think they know how, it's like people play guitar can teach other people how to play guitar. You know what I mean? Like people that understand the principles oh. of all these things they can look at things subjectively now or objectively i guess and look at look at the situation of this person you're sitting on the other side and go you know what i think i can help you big time and if you can't then you go i think i know someone who can that's right and that is you know i mean that's powerful stuff i, I that's a certain thing you're giving yourself to people based on your past that's right that sucked yeah right? think about it really but that's bringing strength out of negativity right yeah so finding the strength in the negative is mm. a strength in itself. Right? right, right. So like like I said, all the shit I went through, I wouldn't change one thing. Right. Because it's made me the person I am. Yeah. Like if I, I might still be a fucking asshole that's trying to get the best car, that's working in the music business as a crew chief now yelling at people and stealing their shit. Mm. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I might have been that guy. But all the shit I went down to the bottom... And then I came up thinking a different way. Yeah. I mean, you obviously, they say you need to hit the bottom before you can kind of turn around and go, oh, yeah, this is the this is where I need to be. Yep. The worst thing you could possibly do is, like, move out to Vancouver and live on the streets because it's warmer there. Like, oh. this is what my brother-in-law does. Uh. You know, it's like, you can only help so much, too, right? Like, oh, yeah, buddy. That's it. Yeah. I actually really, I've noticed now that even with people that I know that are struggling still, and they say... um, I really need to get some help. And I'm like, well, I can help you. And they're like, well, not yet. Mm. No, then you're not. And I'm like, okay, well then. This opportunity might not be around. Yeah, because you might die. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You you just might die and you're you're never going to get the help. But I can't push them into anything. No. Like they got to be like pleading for my help. Oh God, I need help. Like, you know, but it's like, I, you know, you want to beat around the bush. You're going to do that for a while. But if you want help, you you can get help. It's out there. Yeah. Well, we live in a we live in a society where that's readily available. Right. You know, and you're a product of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like you found all the right avenues, and it's not by accident. A lot of it. I mean, it's a little maybe some accidental things in your life that sort of went, oh, ooh. You know what I mean? Wow. Thank God, I'm lucky. You know. But I truly believe you'd be sitting here today if all those other s- decisions you made, you eventually end up in one spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. there's no like. You know, for me, you think about my life. I maybe if I became more serious a musician, maybe I'd be a professional musician. Well, maybe I'd be a fucking asshole at that point. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then maybe if I worked hard at touring with bands, maybe I wouldn't have met my wife and have children. Exactly. Maybe I'd be a lonely old fucker. That's right. All right. Well, I got it pretty good. You know what exactly. I mean? I think you know the decisions we make in lives are like the good and the bad, right? That's right. You know. But be thankful for we have our lives and the things we do in them, right? It's it's awesome to say that. Mm-hmm. Like now, like as a fifty year old dude, I'm just like fuck. I'm good. Yeah, right. Well, that's that's awesome. a good way to end her off, man. Okay, buddy. I love you. Love you too, bud. What a great guy, right? You know, like I said, I've known Rustin in a very long time, and he's always been a really, really cool person to talk to. And I think that's the very first time we actually had more than a 10-minute... We had a two-hour conversation once. That was in, like, 1995 or six or something. Yeah. When we were stuck in the same van, we had to drive somewhere to London. We talk a little bit about this before. Yeah. Rustin is a survivor. 
and he's a good man, and he's a good friend, and I'm proud to call him my friend. He is, uh, he's, like I said, he stuck it out, and he's still here, and he's still doing good. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Once again, don't forget to, don't forget to go to iTunes, okay? I keep forgetting this iTunes thing. You have to go to iTunes and to rate and subscribe to the show. It really helps the show out tremendously. Um, more than you think. Um, it, it, it does. It puts you up, it puts you up on the list. what it's all about everybody let's all do this together thanks so much everybody uh, amazon.com don't forget to go to amazon and uh, click on the banner actually on the appalock.ca site click on those banners bookmark banners don't forget about patreon patreon.com slash where you can pledge to the show on a monthly basis don't forget about audibletrial.com slash to purchase or actually to have a free month-long membership and that is everything Who's up next week? Next week is my cousin Andre McRae, who is a body modification artist. And he is a person, a staple point down there in Oshawa, where he does lots of weird, crazy things to people, like putting pieces of plastic under their skin. I don't know if he does that, but he also does weird things like piercings and neat stuff. And he's an interesting guy, and I've known Andre since he was a kid because he's my wife's cousin just been always just an interesting dude to talk to and you would never know it that he's under the age of 30 because he's done so much crazy stuff and he's uh, like I said a good person to talk to come back next week that will be the Andre McRae episode number episode 102 week after that I have Johnny Nastor Nastor who is a entrepreneur he also has a podcast called Hack the Entrepreneur uh, who's up after that I don't know we'll have to go record some uh, everybody, thanks so much for last week for ch- checking out episode number 100. The streaming, live streaming thing, it's, it's very, it's very ra- nerve-wracking. And I'm glad everybody is sticking around and checking out the show. And don't forget to tell a friend. And we'll see you next week, okay? Bye-bye.